Ball shoots save. Smith the rebound stop. Another try. They score. Braden McNabb, his first of the year. Two to one Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Side of the net, extra passing. Smith settles. His shot knocked down. It's a loose puck in front. Now Smith scores. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace out at Parkway Tavern, Flamingo and Decatur. Darren Millard, he's in Denver, and Chris Chapman's back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215. We only have an hour today, and we are going to get into some knee-deep, nasty mud tossing in just a little bit (laughs) about something that Chris Chapman offered up uh, during the course of a media conference. But first up, what, what, what a tribute to the Vegas Golden Knights as a franchise that they will participate in next year's Winter Classic, the 2024 New Year's Day game, the National Hockey League centerpiece, arguably the biggest event Mm -hmm. in the National Hockey League, will feature the Vegas Golden Knights in Seattle to take on the Kraken next New Year's Day. This is outstanding stuff. I'm so pumped up. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. I, you know, it's funny because we're just two days into 2023, and I already want it to be over because right. I, I'm looking forward to January 1st, 2024. I'm looking forward to Winter Classic, Vegas and Seattle, and it, it will be because I'm going to be there. I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I, I pre-game, intermission, post-game, that's going to be a blast for my first Winter Classic. I've never been to an outdoor game at, at the NHL level, and I just cannot wait for this one going to be at the home of the Seattle Mariners T-Mobile Park so we should be able to make that transition easily uh, from T-Mobile over to T-Mobile Park. A retractable roof on that stadium so anybody thinking Pacific Northwest, uh, rainy uh, we know Vancouver, Seattle tends to have some overcast skies uh, they can close the roof and they can still play the game wouldn't be the same but uh, the game will go on uh, without any type of weather delay so that is uh, great news that they can uh, pull that off but you also have the overcast skies which is the perfect thing mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, hosting an outdoor game without the sunlight so uh, there's some uh, there's some the weather actually works out to to be a benefit in this side but uh, in, in year number seven Vegas Golden Knights will have been, at the very least, to one Stanley Cup final Mm -hmm. and played in two outdoor games. I talked to a player this morning. uh, We were just uh, going around the room uh, getting some reaction from it. And I don't want to mention the player's name, but uh, he looked up at me and said, I I had no anticipation that we were (laughs) going to get another one so quickly. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't even on the radar uh, of the players because they had the outdoor Lake Tahoe game uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, you know, again, it's kind of a testament, right, to the Golden Knights as an organization, to the players in the room uh, on the ice. Like, you're talking about a first-place team right now in the Pacific Division, and and they have just been everything you'd want a franchise to be through their first six seasons so far, and when that game is eventually played, their first seven seasons. Like, the the Golden Knights are a team that people want to play against and people tune in to watch. Yeah, there's a couple of hooks here, right? Uh, One is Vegas and all. 
all the uh, brilliance that the Golden Knights have put forward mm -hmm. in the first six years. Uh, there is also the hook of the 31st against the 32nd National yeah. Hockey League franchises. There's the uh, effort to put the New Year's Day game, which has always been in the middle of the country, east mm -hmm. because of television. Yeah. And the first uh, first 14 games have just uh, really centered around the likes of uh, Chicago or Boston or Pittsburgh. Uh, go through there. Th these are the New Year's Day games. First time ever, the Winter Classic, the January 1st, January 2nd game uh, this year, is going to be moved to the Pacific time zone. That is, is, a, is a major move uh, for you. So there's, there's a lot of different elements that, that come into play that, that make this work. And the Golden Knights, even though they're the visitor in this game, mm -hmm. uh, are the centerpiece. Make no mistake about it. If, if Vegas had a place to play this game, mm -hmm. it would be in Vegas. In, in fact, the weather this last week would be uh, outside of the rain, obviously, um, uh, would have been uh, perfect uh, with, with the temperature and the, and the sky. But uh, uh, Vegas is, is the thing that makes everything happen around that 24 uh, game uh, in Seattle because of uh, their notoriety, their success, and, uh, and everybody loves Vegas. And, and the other part is there's going to be some teams, some fan bases, some teams that have played in, in outdoor games. Uh, they're going to be so sour that the 31st and the 32nd franchises are going to play in this Winter Classic. So there's also that that element at play. Yeah, you mean like Arizona and Columbus and Florida who have uh, still yeah. yet to play uh, in an outdoor game, and this is now outdoor game number two for the Vegas Golden Knights, and it'll be the first one for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, you know what? Tough. I, I think for... You know, ideally, I'd love to see every single team play in an outdoor game. Ideally, I, I'd love to see the, the NHL kind of open things up to playing these games more on a Pacific time zone or in different spots, as, as ever, however they're able to kind of make it work. And, you know, for the Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken, it's on them to put on an absolute blast of a show January 1st, 2024. And if they do that, I think it opens the door for a lot of other teams and you know, in the Western Conference and in, in, in this Pacific time zone to, to get games too. The National Hockey League uh, watched that first Heritage Classic and the success in Edmonton between the Oilers and the Montreal Canadiens, and they jumped on it. Uh, they held the first Winter Classic, which was the second outdoor game in Buffalo, and the snow globe uh, situation between yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Sabres, and it was an instant hit. Yeah. And it's uh, evolved into uh, three game series really you've got the heritage classic games in in canada uh, involving uh, the teams north of the border you have the stadium series games which is turned out to be for teams in the mountain time zone west sure uh, because uh, they, there's a little bit more flexibility it's not as dependent on new year's day and uh, and this time of the year uh, and then uh, you've got the the winter classic which uh, is your uh, centerpiece of the whole thing uh, the, which which really makes uh, the whole thing hum uh, what's the difference uh, people uh, were asking me uh, as I was leaving the hotel today between uh, a winter classic and and the other games I said huge like the the Tahoe game was made for television it was an event because of covid there was no fans and you could go uh on the lakeside setting and you didn't have to make money off it uh, there was no uh fan uh 
situation with uh, bringing in sponsors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was just about the hockey games. You can't do that again. There's, there's no way you could do that again. Uh, so, so that being aside, the Winter Classic is the main one. Uh, I love the Heritage Classic. I love the Stadium Series games. Uh, but, but they are a rung below the New Year's game in the National Hockey League. And the fact that Vegas is going to play in the New Year's Day game is an incredible accomplishment. And, and what a privilege. 100%. I'm right there with you. I, I'm so stoked. I'm so excited for, again, what this is going to mean for the Golden Knights, what it's going to mean for the NHL. And, you know, to a, to a degree, like, this is going to be a big, big deal for the Seattle Kraken and, and you know, for a team that I think in year number two has gotten better and, and started to, to move in the right direction. Um, if you're able to continue to put these two teams, the, the two newest teams in the NHL, into these situations where you can build out a little bit of a rivalry and Seattle continues to progress year in and year out, uh, we're looking at the start of something that could be really, really fun and entertaining for years to come. You know, normally a franchise has to sort of um, bide its time, mm-hmm. earn its stripes, and then gets worked into a rotation of league events. But in the case of Vegas, and we're talking about league events, the the, uh, the draft was uh, already on the table, but the awards were already included in, yep. in, in the Vegas uh, uh, populace. Uh, you had the All-Star Game, which came to Vegas, and now a Winter Classic uh, being involved with Vegas in the first uh, seven years. It, it's great. And uh, we were uh, chatting with Logan Thompson this morning, and mm-hmm. first of all, uh, like it's a new sweater too, right? Yeah, uh, oh, that, for that, sure. That's one. So you've got in the first seven years, by then it'll be seven <laughs> years, for the Golden Knights, you'll have six sweaters which sure. i think is is awesome too yeah uh so so a new kit uh for for everybody to to look at and you saw what happened with boston and pittsburgh today and uh and a wonderful game and uh some uh, uh thrilling moments in that game uh, won by the boston bruins 2-1 on jake debrusco uh but uh but for logan thompson i said uh, like how much did you skate is that uh outdoors i, I skated quite a bit mm-hmm and, but I asked him, because only, only somebody like me would know this because of my experience. And I, this isn't patting myself on the back other sure. than being a kid. Mm-hmm. I know this. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, Logan, you ever play goal outdoors? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> nope. You know why? Because we goalies, when we go to the outdoor rink, we're scorers. We're shooters. Yeah. We're not going to stand there and freeze and play goal uh, outdoors. So, so when he goes outdoors, uh, if he's fortunate enough to be the goaltender uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights to start that game, it'd be the first time that he plays goal outdoors. He skated a ton, mm-hmm. but it'll be a totally new experience for him to play goal outdoors. Uh, so that also uh, is, a, is a little bit of an intriguing uh, tidbit to it. Yeah, that's that's fun. Um, that's fascinating, honestly. But it, it like it tracks. Like I, you know, I I didn't play any outdoor hockey growing up, unless I guess you know technically roller hockey counts in that regard. But uh, certainly not in cold temperatures. But I I understand the the idea and the appeal for a goaltender to just want to go out there and score goals and and play. Uh, 
play more of a, a, a you know just something different so that that's really an interesting wrinkle and something to keep an eye on as we again get closer and closer to that uh you know we only have to wait like 363 right. days that's i'm it. just going to take a left turn here you and i and chapman were talking earlier off the air okay and I said, who's the nicest person in media? And we t- said Ben Goats and Ashley mm-hmm. Weiss. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ashley Weiss. Now, I, I made the statement of, about Ashley, what she had said. I'm not going to say it right now, but Ashley's <laughs> just beside me in the radio room. And I'm going to say, Ashley, did you tell me something that Chapman said in a press conference the other day? See, the laughing tells the laugh. you, yeah, yeah. yes, and that was 100% yes. No, it wasn't. It was so. No, she didn't say yes. She laughed. She, 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 that's just, Ashley's way of No, of, don't, don't speak for her. Hold don't on. speak just, for her. Just ask, just ask Ashley to say yes or no. She has the right to not self-incriminate, which means she did say it. Nope, doesn't so mean I, that. We'll, we'll nope. get back to it. We'll get back to it later because we're talking about the, the Winter Classic. But I want you to know, Chapman. That you were buried by the nicest person in the media, nicest person that I know in Ashley Vice. She did not and, bury me. She, and, she and, did not verify and, the story that you told us. Uh, well, hey, I don't want to get too down this path. We'll let everybody know what we're talking about. And it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Ashley, you made my day. It's good for you. No, no, don't apologize, Ashley. It's, it's Chapman. It's Chapman. No, um, no I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. Hey, uh... Do you think it had anything to do with Seattle's success this year and sort of getting into the playoff picture? I don't. I think it's just purely the spectacle of having the two newest franchises on the Pacific Northwest and uh, that the visuals that will, because visuals were such a part of uh, today's game mm-hmm. uh, at Fenway Park, uh, what it can offer and what it can lead to. Yeah, I, I don't know that it really has much to do with Seattle kind of turning the corner or at least making a step in the right direction this year more so than you know i i think that there are certainly going to be visuals i, I think the roof um certainly helps in that situation uh assuming that you know you run into an occasional sunny day in seattle but i, I think honestly for the golden knights a team that you know for the first three years of their existence had a very fierce rivalry with the san jose sharks that really hasn't been a thing for the last couple of years for Vegas. So when you have an opportunity to put Vegas in a marquee game and you've got two of the newest franchises and one that, that you know, in Seattle that I think plays well for an outdoor game, it just makes too much sense not to do this. I love the timing of it. Uh, they capitalize on the game being played at Fenway to announce next year's game. Mm-hmm. And it had to feel good for Bruce Cassidy. And I was thinking about him this morning. Mm-hmm. With the game being in Boston and the success that the Bruins have had, and he took them to six straight years in the playoffs, and this was a, a cool moment. Uh, he's coached in a couple of these games uh, for the Boston Bruins in the past, but to be at Fenway and uh, and then after the split to, to watch it from the other side of the country had to be there had to be some uh, tugging at his heart uh, going through that. So uh, having uh, been granted uh, to the opportunity to participate in the 2024 game is perfect for Bruce Cassidy. Here's his thoughts on playing outdoors. I enjoy them. Uh, You know, I think there's great memories. There's a process you have to go through. Um, The preparation part sometimes can be different for what you're used to, obviously, but if you can take that in stride, just go enjoy the moment, stay in the moment. I think they're awesome, personally. I did one in Lake Tahoe uh, after the nights a few years ago. Ours worked out a little better than theirs. Uh, The the weather was more agreeable in the ice conditions. 
beautiful setting. No fans, obviously, with COVID, but uh, did one at Notre Dame. I thought was awesome. It was a great day, uh, historic stadium, and now to do it in Seattle, will be. I, I think it'll be like I said, it'll be great. It'll be great memories and and good for the families. I think they enjoyed as much as anybody the day before. If you're able to get out and um, you know enjoy some of the, the the scenery and the venue stuff like that, I think you know, for families with young kids, I think those memories that last forever. That was a reoccurring theme uh, as we talked to the players uh, after the morning skate. And, and you should know, the players found out when they came off the ice yeah. at the morning skate today at Ball Arena in Denver uh, when it was announced uh, uh, during the course of their morning practice. So they were, they were fresh, and their reactions were just organic. They didn't have time to think and come up with what they were going to say. We were, uh, we were all over them, uh, and it was all about... Can't wait to get the kids out. Uh, can't wait to get the family uh, out there. And that uh, day before uh, every outdoor game, there's a practice for the team, and then there's a family skate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was a big part of what the, the players uh, were talking about was the, the time to, to share their experience as professional athletes mm-hmm. with their uh, spouses, with their kids, with their parents, their brothers, uh, uh, sisters, uh, be able to bring everybody inside their world a bit. Yeah, and it's creating memories, right? And you're, you're like right off the heels of, of Christmas and the holidays and all of that. And you, you have another game, another big game in, in, a, in a unique setting to, to kind of look forward to and, and ground you and guide you. And then you've got more family time kind of built into it. And I think for you know, a team in the Golden Knights who, who have some, you know, quite a few players that, that have new families and, and, and new kids and all that, like it's going to be something they'll remember and cherish forever. I'm going to be flat out honest. A lot of the guys that will play in that game next year mm-hmm. have never played a game outdoors as a kid. Yeah, the Tahoe game uh, for Mark Stone in Ottawa, like uh, they played National Hockey League games. They've played scrimmage hockey outdoors, but they didn't play games outdoors. Like the modern uh, facilities were were along the way uh, in time to to save them from that. Uh, 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 experience of freezing their feet for every game that they play outdoors from from mites uh, all the way up uh but uh but this uh it's not the same case with with the head coach uh, bruce cassidy who did uh play and skate and uh and enjoy the outdoors as a kid right on through and uh, now in the national hockey league where he's a head coach outdoors there's more from the head coach well from ottawa a lot uh, i grew up i uh, i was fortunate i had in terms of two rinks across the street from where we, we lived, and it was a French and an English school, and they both put boards up now. One school did a better job keeping the ice conditions, so we played over there. So I, could, I just had to walk across the street. So for me, that was that, that was nice. Um, lots of areas in Ottawa with, with outdoor ponds and the Rideau Canal. Is, I think it's the longest skating rink in the world. It's eight, eight miles long. They freeze it in the winter. People skate to work. So it's a bit of our uh, heritage in, in the Ottawa area for sure. And uh, he will have his family uh, up in uh, Seattle. Uh, he's got a, a young boy and a, and a daughter that uh, that both play hockey. So uh, that will be cool uh, for him. Uh, he was uh, part of the Notre Dame game, and uh, he said that they didn't actually get to do the, the practice the day before because there was some rain. So they had to bypass that. But uh, with the roof in Seattle, uh, they'll be able to, uh, be for sure, be able to have the, the family dynamic involved in, in that game. And, and hopefully uh, it's first place. I, I 
as much as you're looking forward to next year, Ryan, mm-hmm. it's a really good thing it's, it didn't happen this year. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the number of players that Vegas is missing sure. would have been a shame for Jack Eichel or Jonathan Marcheseau and uh, Shea Theodore or Zach Whitecloud uh, to, to miss that game. Vegas is going to have nine players out of the lineup tonight. Mm-hmm. The most, not COVID-related, but the most players they had out of the lineup last year was eight. Yeah. Now, there's there was a time that they had a couple more, but it was COVID, uh, either in COVID protocol or uh, uh, dealing with the with the infection. Sure. But like they they've topped on a single game basis because of injury what they went through in any, any single game last year. That's what they'll experience tonight. Yeah, that's not ideal and not easy to kind of play through. And you know, I I guess you know you kind of look at it and it's been just that way over the really over the month of December the the last you know seven six weeks or so of of 2022 it's been the Golden Knights battling injury and you know when you when you look at players getting injured that that are already coming in like Daniil Mirmanov filling a role and, and then getting injured like it's not ideal it's not the way you draw it up but for the Golden Knights it's another one of those games tonight against Colorado where the only thing that matters is the result. If you can find a result, that's all you need to focus on. Yeah, and they're not going to get any sympathy from Colorado who have been through the exact same situation. They're missing a bunch of players. Uh, and the Avalanche entered this game tonight outside of playoff picture after Seattle won last night. Yeah. So right now the Avalanche, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions, are a point outside the Western Conference playoff picture. Uh, Dorofiev, Amir Manov, uh, guys that have been called up to fill vacancies, they're out, so that second wave is also dealing with injuries uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. You're you're in survival mode right now. Yep. You you do start a seven-game homestand that begins on Thursday, and those games are nicely spread out. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a chance for a breather uh, in the next couple of weeks for the Vegas Golden Knights, and there should be a return to play for. Uh, the likes of uh, Marcheseau or Eichel or Paul Cotter uh, is with the team uh, here in Denver and went through a, a pretty good test uh, today after the pregame skate or the morning practice uh, with uh, assistant coaches Ryan Craig and Misha Donskov. So I think he's getting uh, a, a lot closer to a return. But uh, the next, the, the schedule with being spaced out a little bit more and players coming back uh, should offer some uh, some energy and uh, just reinforcements coming back into the lineup uh, for Vegas, who are first place mm-hmm. in the West facing the defending Stanley Cup champions who are outside the playoff picture. So it's not just what Vegas went through last year and, and having trouble staying in it, uh, but the defending Stanley Cup champions, we know that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't have your top talent available uh, on a nightly basis, it's really tough to, to stay in it in, in the National Hockey League. Yeah, and I think that that's something that, you know, is, is worth kind of pointing out and, and repeating is that, you know, it's it's not a situation where, y- you know, you should kind of discount what the Golden Knights have been able to do in, right. in building that lead early on this year when they were fully healthy. And even though it's been up and down and, and a bit of a struggle recently to, to put consistent wins on the board, the Golden Knights are doing what they need to do to keep themselves where they are, and that's first place in the Pacific Division. So... All that being said, um, it, it's not an easy thing to win in this league, 
when you are missing as many regulars as the Golden Knights are, as the Colorado Avalanche are, and you know you look at the Winnipeg Jets, like they've been kind of dismantled by injury too, and, and it's been it's seen a, a decrease in their ability to win hockey games. So uh, you just you got to ride the wave as 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 best you can and hope to bank as many points until you get healthy. I'm a firm believer that it is survival mode right now, yeah. but I'm also impressed with what I've seen from Vegas going into the Christmas break mm-hmm. and then coming out of it. Hasn't all been wins, sure. but three of the last five, Ryan, mm-hmm. they've hit the five goal mark. That's, yeah. that's progress uh, when you don't have some of your top offensive players in the lineup. The two games that they didn't score five, mm-hmm. they lost. Uh, which tells you where they are in, in trying to compete, that they, they have to be able to to put up some goals. But even in that, uh, the Anaheim game, the L.A. game, uh, that they weren't able to grab two points, they were really good in yeah. those games. And are you – do you agree with me in that there's starting to be some game-over-game game real momentum in putting together more of a of – a, total performance than bits, starts, and stops. And uh, I love the L.A. game. Uh, the Anaheim game was lopsided. Uh, the other night, they didn't give up a ton. Uh, mm-hmm. Philip Forsberg was having himself a night and go, sure. go beforehand that uh, the St. Louis game. Uh, I, I think they're on one of the better stretches of the year of putting it all together for a long period of time during a game. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think you're right on the money. And, and the fact is, I think it's been predicated by – being structured in their own zone and not giving up a lot. And then when teams are getting frustrated by that, that's when the Golden Knights are able to put the puck in the back of the net or at least generate chances. In, in Anaheim, it was just all Vegas the, the entire night outside of falling behind 2 nothing early. And then, you know, I, I think the other thing to be said too is that, you know, for the Golden Knights, it, if you can get that consistent effort that they're getting right now in the second period, I think that that's a, a talking point that might go away we've, we've talked about how the golden knights second period struggles have kind of pulled momentum out of their game and you look at the last two they've been able to build momentum in that period that's that's a really good sign moving forward how's the parkway tavern oh it's fantastic we've got a uh, extreme shot basketball game in the corner so uh, quite a bit uh it looks like there's a tournament going on right now not in like an official tournament or anything like that but uh some trick shots maybe a game of horse I, I'm, I'm a fan it's it's going on in the background uh, we've got plenty of drink specials, plenty of TVs. I'm in like this this new bar area that's really awesome. So come down, say hello. It's uh, Parkway Tavern on Flamingo and Decatur. Awesome stuff. Uh, when we continue, we'll update Braden McNabb's status, and Chris Chapman has an opportunity to defend himself for comments made during a media conference. So we go outside the game and really put Chapman on the hot seat. It's the VGK Insider Show, a special one-hour edition from Parkway Tavern and Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. We'll continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Chapman's going on the hot seat in just a little bit in the VGK Insider Show about uh, something that he said during a media conference uh, the other day, taking things that don't belong to him yeah! 
<laughs> and making him sound like he's the expert. Uh, that's coming what? up uh, in just a little bit. But uh, from Parkway Tavern with Ryan Wallace and Denver, Colorado at Ball Arena, I'm Darren Millard. This is the VGK Insider Show. The Golden Knights taking on the Avalanche for the second time this year, and they will be missing nine players from the lineup. But Braden McNabb is a go. No supplementary discipline after his hit the other night against the Nashville Predators and Mark Jankowski. Uh, so he got the match penalty. He was ejected from the uh, overtime victory, but he will not miss any further time. The comment from the player safety department is contact with the head of Jankowski was unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, as I, I've been kind of, playing it on a loop over the last 20-ish minutes trying to determine whether or not I, you know, I agreed with the call in the moment and, and whether or not I, I agree with, you know, the, the idea that there's no supplemental discipline, and I do 100%. I think that for Braden McNabb, he's one of the cleanest hitters in the game, and, you know, you've got Mark Jankowski kind of leaning forward and down based on a skating motion. I, I think that, you know, for Braden McNabb, he was trying to hit through the chest, and, it's unfortunate that he was, that he clipped the head of Mark Jankowski and, and, and all that, but I, I don't even know that I b- believe it should have been a five-minute major. Yeah, I'm with you on what I saw with the hit, and it doesn't even go to the past, which is proven uh, to be a very s- safe and, and clean player in, in Braden McNabb. Uh, what you saw was was a player come over and not elevate through the hit, did not extend his shoulder, his arm, uh, or his forearm, or his elbow uh, through the hit. Uh, it was a straight line, actually down uh, with the arm. And contact with the head was made. Uh, you, you, you can't get around that at all. But uh, it's also a simple fact of when you're skating, or you're running uh, when you're moving forward and you're moving at a, at a higher level of speed. You're always uh, the 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 mind is always out in front of you. Uh, you lean. It's just a simple mode of physics uh, that's possible uh, to to make yourself go go faster. So that is why contact with the head was made. It was more because Jankowski's face was was out in front, as as opposed to Braden McNabb targeting the head or making contact with the head and when it said contact with the head was unavoidable it it really does base it down to to what we saw uh i asked brayton today if he was surprised at all if he felt any different after the after the hit compared to some of his other ones where anytime you make a hit like that there's two things you look for the ref so hopefully make sure that you're not getting a penalty. And number two, you're looking for the opposition who may be coming in uh, for a little retribution. Sure. And and he said no, he didn't He didn't feel any different about that hit as far as crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Could he have been a little bit earlier? Could he have done uh, something uh, different to, to avoid contact with the head uh, totally? Everybody has, has uh, thoughts uh, about uh, what you could do because he doesn't want to miss half a game. Right. Uh, that's for sure. But, uh, but he didn't think that there was anything different from that hit compared to all the other ones that, uh, that we've uh, applauded him for, for making those uh, spectacular uh, hits along the boards. Yeah, and I think the, the main thing for, for Braden is, you know, it, it's unfortunate that he, he did miss half a game, but I don't see that being something that 
isn't going to be in his arsenal. Like I would expect Braden McNabb, he's got an opportunity to lay a big hit. He's going to he's gonna continue to do it because that's a huge part of his game, and his timing is, is usually impeccable. Uh, I'm glad that he's he's available to the Golden Knights tonight. That That's kind of the main thing to drive home is that, um, you know, in the moment it, it cost Vegas a player for 30 minutes, but it doesn't go beyond that. And it didn't cost them a game. Yeah. And it could have easily uh, impacted that outcome due to the fact that Miramanov went down yeah. and they were left with four defensemen. That ejection at the time puts you shorthanded, but it it becomes even more impactful when Miramanov can't play the third period. Sure. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, like, that's why I think you can kind of look at the third period in, in a little bit of a different lens when you factor in that the Golden Knights had just four available defensemen that were healthy that could play. And, you know, it's not ideal, right, to, to, to lose a lead or to give up a lead in the third period. But the fact of the matter is, given what the Golden Knights were up against, I, I, I feel like they, they still didn't really break. It, it was, as you mentioned, Phil Forsberg just having himself a game. We will get to see Caden Korzak in the lineup tonight. He will take the place of Mira Manov. It's Korzak's first game of the season with the Vegas Golden Knights, so recalled from the Henderson Silver Knights. And Byron Fraze will draw in, and he will take the place of uh, Sheldon Rempel, who played the other night. Uh, so it's a little bit more of a veteran presence up front and uh, another young player that will skate with Braden McNabb uh, tonight in, in Caden Korzak. Uh, for Fraze, he's got more than 100 games of National Hockey League experience, uh, a player that can play in the middle, and uh, and I expect him to center that uh, that third line with Lesition, uh tonight and, and Jonas Rombierk. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll try again to see if they can get uh, a little bit of offense uh, out of that third line, but uh, a different, uh, different, he's just got more games uh, than, than Rempel, to be quite honest. Yeah, and you know what, going up against the Colorado Avalanche team that we talked about is banged up, but has Nathan McKinnon back in the lineup and is the defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason, uh, you might lean a little bit more on that experience, and, and I think it makes a lot of sense there. Uh, looking forward to seeing, I always love watching Nathan McKinnon and, and getting yeah. this opportunity to be able to uh, watch him in person like I, like I will tonight, uh, just the, the way he flies uh, up and down the ice. He missed three weeks. Uh, before returning the other night against the, the Toronto Maple Leafs and, uh, and still is their, their second-leading point producer. Like yeah. It gives, gives you an idea of what the, what the drop-off is right now uh, with, the, with the Colorado Avalanche. They're a team that, uh, that has one player with more than uh, nine goals. They have one player in double digits. Yeah. Now, it's Mika Renton, who's got 24. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good, but, yeah. But, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's a huge drop-off to that. And uh, as far as points go, uh, Nathan McKinnon's missed a bunch of time, and he's still second. Where, where it's impacted Colorado the most was their power play. Oh. It was humming at over 30%, yeah. uh, and it's dropped off to like 13% in the last little while. They spent a significant amount of time this morning at their morning skate uh, working on both units, uh, trying to get that thing uh, back in the gear. Uh, one good part about them is, uh, is Gorgiev uh, has been really good. Alexander Gorgiev uh, in goal, uh, taking over from Darcy Kemper, uh, the Stanley Cup champion last year, and Kale McCarr has played, played every game. So uh, they're, they're beat up. They're, they're short-staffed. Uh, but uh, when you have game breakers in the lineup and a goaltender that has played pretty well, uh, I think it's still going to be a, a, a real challenge uh, for Vegas. 
Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, for for the Colorado Avalanche, you're you're just you know it's a matter of time before Nathan McKinnon's timing is is right back to where you want it to be and where you need it to be. And you know, getting him back into the lineup at this stage is is incredibly important. And you know, for for Vegas, you can't discount what Nathan McKinnon does for a hockey team. You can't discount how good Miko Rantanen has been all season long. And you know, you know what I feel and, and how I feel about uh, Kale McCarr and, and, and his game. So, um, despite the injuries, the Colorado Avalanche are still a very dangerous offensive hockey club. Vegas with six more wins than the Colorado Avalanche, one fewer regulation losses, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 12 regulation losses for Vegas. Colorado has 13. Vegas is in first place in the West, first place in the Pacific, and Colorado's out. That's how fine the line is yeah. in the National Hockey League. And we saw it a year ago when Vegas uh, was first place at the All-Star break and, and ran out of steam. Uh, will, will Colorado go under the same situation, uh, eventually run out of steam? Vegas has to get their second win. Now the schedule is going to be... Uh, preferential for them uh, to be able to take that breather in the, in the next month. So so that's a real positive. That's a big difference uh, than a year ago. But uh, but it's intriguing that there there's one game separating the two of them in the regulation loss department. One's on top and one is uh, outside the playoff picture. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. And again, when it comes to the National Hockey League and, and kind of navigating some of these, these stretches in these periods, it's, you know, if you can get some some extra points here you can get games into overtime and pick up a couple of uh, spare points here and there it can be you know a big difference but just just one you know one more other for the Colorado Avalanche they've got three on the season versus Vegas is two um, you know for the Golden Knights this is game number 40 and, and the Avalanche have played 36 so it gives you an idea that games in hand matter so long as you win them and that's really what the uh, the Colorado Avalanche are going to need to do not going to lie to you guys. One of the great things about going on the road with the Vegas Golden Knights is being able to hang out with Shane Knighty and Darren Elliott. Sure. Like, we are just, we are three peas in a pod. Just yep. the three best friends in the world. Like, even Knighty. Mm-hmm. Knighty, one of, one of the crustiest people I've ever met. He's come around, and we are legitimate buddies now. Like, it's, it's, it's awesome. He's telling me I'm number one. I'm absolutely yep. number one right yep. now as yep. he's outside the... Uh, the broadcast booth. We're going we're gonna to do a little roundtable during the second intermission of tonight's game, uh, just talking about the the Winter Classic and and what that's going to be like for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, only only two other games tonight, and one of them was this year's Winter Classic. Were you guys able to take uh, what happened in Boston uh, in today? So, you know me and my commute to town so i i had to leave uh just just after the second period it started uh, between boston and pittsburgh but uh first period was awesome intermission uh black keys fantastic like loved all of it um and i i will say this uh heart goes out to tristan jari for for having to come out of that game in the first period casey DeSmith's pad setup was phenomenal looked great Linus Olmark was fantastic, and the Boston Bruins should always wear yellow socks. So Jari leaves. Mm-hmm. They both teams were allowed to bring their own e-bugs. Yep, they didn't have to rely on the uh, the unbiased, uh, neutral uh, e-bug that sits in the stands for for most games. The National Hockey League rule is when a 
goaltender leaves the game, the e-bug gets rest. Emergency backup goaltender is what the e-bug stands for. Uh, the emergency backup goaltender gets their equipment on, but they do not come out to the bench. Right. They have to wait until they're... They do not make an appearance until they're needed to go on the ice. Sure. Did you think that was fair today to stand by those rules at Fenway Park? And the reason I asked the question is, sure, rules are rules. Uh-huh. You don't want the backup goaltender every three weeks, uh, this emergency backup person just showing up on the bench and, and sitting there. But today was different in the sense of what if Casey DeSmith had been injured, which happened a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if what if that would have occurred? And this emergency backup goaltender, who's got some experience, uh, has played the game, but never at the National Hockey League level, had to come out from the dressing room at Fenway Park mm-hmm. in front of 40,000 people and make that long walk <laughs> to the ice surface and then have to stretch and play in an outdoor game which is different in the shadow of the green monster that seemed a little bit unfair almost it, was, it would have been almost like a relief pitcher coming in yeah. but i just i probably would have suffered three heart attacks on on that walk just because of the the crowd in the situation dave gosher says hi by the way you guys hey dave um dave says like literally says hi <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah, I I would uh, yes, it was unfair. Um, yeah, and and not so much for any of the reasons you stated. Like that's a once in a lifetime opportunity or experience. Like yeah, just just let him go out to the bench and soak it in. Like that's cool. That's that, a good that's a good point too. I, I just I like the Winter Classic to me. Outdoor games in general, like they're a different type of situation. And I feel like if you if you're gonna bend on the rules in that situation because of the logistics of getting onto the ice, but also the the spectacle in the venue. Yeah. I think that that's the venue to do it. Yeah, and and I have buddies in the NHL hockey operations department. Yeah. I'll tell them the exact same thing, and they'll just say, "You're a goalie. You're always <laughs> siding with the goalies." Uh, but I just from a from a pure intimidation standpoint, yeah. can you imagine walking out, going through that, yeah, and then having to play a game when you've never played a National Hockey League game? I would have been petrified. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of the walk of shame from Corey Perry a couple of years back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a couple of minutes into that game uh, between Dallas and the Nashville Predators. All right, so here's the situation that we want to get to with Chris Chapman. Ryan, can you paint the picture for us? Because I don't want to be accused of creating any type of uh, influence on the listener. Okay, so essentially you had told both Chapman and I a story about a conversation that you had with Will Carrier uh, that, to my knowledge, was had not aired yet. Nope. Uh, and so after the game against Nashville, Chris Chapman utilized essentially what you told us but relate it as his firsthand experience, saying, I heard Will Carrier say X, Y, and Z, and that led off his question to Bruce Cassidy. Does that fit with what you understand, Chapman? I, I, I would say everything except for the last part. What are you, what are you talking about? Well, I, my intent, and I never meant it to sound as if I, I was told personally by William Carrier, 
it was always, you know, the way I, I thought I asked it, it sounded like it was third-hand knowledge. What, like, what like, ends up happening when you say, I heard Will Carrier say this, it sounds like you I, I think, I'll, I'll go back and listen to it, it but... I, I think my question was, I recently had heard Will Carrier said this. Do you think, given the fact that Ryan Wallace supports Darren Millard, mm-hmm. which is an extreme accomplishment for yeah. me. It is. That you should automatically offer an apology I, to Darren Millard. I, I will not offer an apology right away. However, if I go back and listen to it, and it sounds as if... You guys are painting it like I tried to steal what you told us and pass That's, it off nope, as my nope, own. Nope, you just have to go back and listen to whether or not you said, I heard Will Carrier say. Well, yeah. Because that, you did not hear Will Carrier say. You heard me say that Will Carrier told me I, I believe, that they want to be I the best fourth line. I said, I recently heard that Will Carrier had said. So, Gordon Wires, who you know. I know Gordo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gordon is right beside me. He was with Ashley Vice during the course of this uh, action. He agrees as well that you tried to paint the picture or led people to believe I never, that you no, were in the room. No, that's and, not no and, that that is not what happened. And owe me an apology. Now you, your intent your intent, Chapman, may be totally true that you did not try to mislead the public. But what you actually said did mislead the public. Like I said, I'll go back and listen to it, and and if if I think that it sounds that way, then no, no, I will no, 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 no. I will absolutely apologize. Not, okay, not if you think. No, it, it's very simple. If the words were "I heard Will Carrier say," then that's exactly what you said. Like I said, if if I I will apologize if it sounds like that's the case. Are you nervous at this point that <laughs> that you will have to come up with a suitable apology? No, of course what's, not. What's your confidence I mean, level? No, because right because now? if if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, there's there's it's not like it means. Yeah, but I, it's a little embarrassing if you have to. No, apologize it's not. No, idea. I'm not perfect. What's, it's, what's your it's confidence if level you have to right? Apologize to Darren. Yeah. Well, that, what's that your makes confidence worse, level right now, Chapman? I I don't know. I it, it's been 48 hours, so I, I I don't remember exactly what was said. But you've got Gordon against you. I don't you've got care Ashley who's against no, you. No, and you've First got and all, you've done the impossible. You've turned Ryan Wallace into a supporter I, of me. Listen, you we got we got to take totally a break because we're we're way late, so we got to take a break. Oh, we do. Yes, it's four fifty. All right, <laughs> uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No catching up with Chapman, but I'll be on the other side of the break. It's the pregame show coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.